You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning, everyone. Did anyone here ever hear of the Irish Medical Dictionary? <laughs> Dave. <laughs> it would be you, Dave. The Irish Medical Dictionary is something I came across recently, and it basically is a bit of fun, and it's looking at various medical terms and what they're understood as in Ireland. So, bacteria. That's a backdoor to a cafeteria. <laughs> Labour pain is getting hurt at work. Pelvis is a cousin to Elvis. <laughs> Important, distinguished and well-known. <laughs> Caesarean section, that's a neighborhood in Rome. <laughs> and finally, genital, someone who's not a Jew. Today's message doesn't have any genitals in it whatsoever because it's all about Jews. And we're looking at the Bible and we're looking at the people of God, as it were, in the Old Testament. And then we'll just have a little dip into the New Testament. And so I'm looking at the first part of what I call the New Year, the New You. So welcome to Cafe Church. Hopefully you're looking in. And today is the 15th day of... January, the year of our Lord, 2017. And I find that in the middle of January, there's still space in most of our heads and hearts for a new thing that God wants to do for us as we've transitioned into another new year. And so I want to look at how this new year gives you and I the opportunity to allow for what God wants to do in our lives and how this new year is not a coincidence, it's not just time ticking on. Most of us live for so many years on the planet and we're regularly given an opportunity for God to do a new thing in us. So that's what I'm looking at today. And I'm going to be looking at just three, dipping into three short scriptures, two in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. Some of you will know these well and for others it'll be quite new. But come with me as we look at this, the new year, the new you, and we'll see perhaps what God wants to say to us. Let's read our scripture to begin with. It's just a couple of verses from Joshua chapter 1, and we pray by the power of our living Savior that you would speak to us, that you would feed us, and that we would be nourished spiritually here today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Joshua chapter 1. The Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and my people are to go across the Jordan River to the new place I am bringing you to. I will be with you. I will help you, even as I helped Moses. No one will be able to defeat you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is actually quite profound. I'm just doing it in a very simple way. 
really today, but this is something Michael will tell you I've been inhabited by this thought for quite a while. And the last few weeks, all I can think about is Moses, my servant, is dead. And that's what we read at the beginning of Joshua chapter 1 and verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses was a good guy. There was a lot of good things happening with Moses. Moses made mistakes as well. Hey, maybe he's a bit like you and me, a good person but makes mistakes. I think that sums most of us up. Would you agree? I mean, the person next to you, the fact that they've come into a church on a Sunday morning in the middle of January probably means they, they're good people. They're trying their best to make their way. They want to be right with God. But we've all made mistakes. Thing is, no matter how good it was in the past, or no matter how many mistakes you and I made, Moses is dead. You and I will never get that time back again. It's gone. And I'm going to go deeper into this on Tuesday night and look at what this really means on a number of levels. But for this morning, can we agree that there are times in our lives and there are seasons of new opportunity, but part of the new means saying goodbye to the old. Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time to tear down and a time to build up. In fact, Usually, you and I can't build anything in our lives without first taking down something that was in its place. I spoke about it before. Many people who build an extension on their homes, for example, have to take down some of the existing property in order to build something new. So Moses is dead. Something in our lives, and I sense this prophetically, brothers and sisters, something in our lives, God is challenging us to say goodbye to it, and can I prophesy to some of us at least here, bury your dead. Bury them. Don't bring a dead body around with you. Dead bodies stink, and you get sick from dead bodies. So that was the very first message God said to this guy, Joshua. And then he said, now you are to go to the new place I am bringing you to. Same verse, verse 2. Now you're to go to the new place I'm bringing you to. And I believe God is saying that to many of us this morning. He's bringing us to a new place. Some of you have moved here from abroad. You physically have come to a new place. But very often the new place is in there. And if you're listening online, I'm tapping my skull. Or it's in here, in the heart. Sometimes the new place is where we don't go to because we used to go there in the past and it didn't do us very good because we used to go to a place that actually hurt us because we did get involved in relationships that were quite toxic or we started hanging out in places that took away our spiritual strength and compromised the person you and I were called to be. Sometimes that's the new place. The new place is not going to the old place. For me, coming up to the end of last year, I knew the new place for me was not going to somewhere I had been doing a lot of travel to physically. I was involved around Ireland a lot, and I was involved in a lot of committees, and I actually found it was getting ridiculous. I didn't have time to think. 
one day I realized I hadn't stopped to have lunch for such a long time because I just didn't have enough time. And I knew I had to step back from some activities that were good, not in Cork, with the wider church in Ireland. I just had to take a step back because for me this year, I knew I had to concentrate on what I was primarily called to do and not try and do everything. So for me personally, the new place is where I'm not going to. I wonder where the new place God is calling you to. Is it a relationship? Is it something in work, in college, in school, something in the family, etc.? Maybe it's something physical. But God calls us to, to a new place. And when he spoke to Joshua, it's very interesting because it looks like a contradiction when you read this next verse. But the Bible never contradicts itself, amen? amen? So we can have a confidence in the Bible. It has stood the test of time. Many people today think that ah, the Bible is only a fairy tale or some, a book some man or woman wrote. But the Bible has stood the test of time long before any of us were born, for thousands of years, generations after generations. It has proven to be not only a signpost, but a comfort and an inspiration and a method for God to speak to people who love him. But the next verse tells us this. God said to Joshua, I will be with you. I will help you. No one will defeat you. Amen. Hallelujah. This is God's heart still today. This is whatever it was, four or 5,000 years ago, whatever it was, 4,000 years ago. Today it's the same. God is still with you and he still wants to help you and me. Amen. Interesting, he says to Joshua, no one will defeat you. Yet when we read, we can read of a couple of incident, incidences where Joshua's army, the army of Israel, lost the battle. There were temporary setbacks, not of Joshua's own making. Yet, he, he won the war. Joshua won the war. And those temporary setbacks, he went back and he revisited them again. The famous one is the city of Ai, the second city, the city after Joshua, after Jericho, when they were capturing Israel, and they lost because a guy had been worshipping idols, demons, and so on. But Joshua went back again. So he wasn't defeated, even though there were some temporary defeats. And that's you and me in life. You and me in life are going to lose some battles. But by God's grace, we'll win the war. Amen. And you and I will hear those great words. Well done. Good and faithful servant. What did Paul write at the end of his life? I have kept the faith. I have run the race. What's the other one? I fought the fight. The good fight. So here we see the first scripture I'm looking at. Moses is dead. And then if we read a couple of books on in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, the Lord is speaking and referring back to this time. And we get a very short narrative that I think is interesting. Deuteronomy 8, this is just an abridged version of the first six verses, really. For 40 years the Lord led you, that's the people of Israel, through the desert. Your clothes and your shoes did not wear out, and every day you ate the manna food that the Lord sent upon you. But now the Lord is doing a new thing. Moses is dead, but the Lord wants to do a new thing. And we know that the children of Israel, in verse 2, for 40 years, they were in a wilderness, in a desert. For some of us, 2016 was a bit of a desert. It was a bit of a wilderness. <clears throat> and for some of us, maybe it was a couple of years on the trot. 
And really, the reason they were there is because of unbelief. And human beings haven't changed. One of the biggest reasons we fail in life, in my opinion, is unbelief. We try and control things ourselves. We try and make it work ourselves. When really, what we're called to do is allow him to work. It's a self-control. It's actually, the root of it is a pride thing. I can do it. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I can do it. No, you can't. No, we can't. Yeah, we can do some stuff. But the people of Israel were stubborn. They didn't believe, so they were in a wilderness. And it's very interesting that part of that wilderness experience, part of that desert thing, was this. We're told that their clothes and their shoes never wore out. Deuteronomy 8 and chapter 4. This, if you will, is a miracle. For 40 years, they didn't need to change their shoes or their clothes. And it goes on to tell us that the Lord provided manna or food for them, a bit like a bread. And I spoke about this a few years ago, but to me, it's so relevant right now. Part of the wilderness experience, if you're spiritually in a desert, is life gets very dull. And if you will, boring. Can you imagine, for 40 years, I'm not going to ask anyone to put up their hand, but I'm sure there's a few people here, and I know there's a few people here who hit 40 recently. That's like your whole life. I'm 40 once, I'm just over 40. <laughs> but if you're 40, that means your whole life, you wore the same clothes all the time. Darling, you look beautiful today. For your breakfast, for your dinner, as we say in Ireland, and for your tea, you ate the same food for 40 years. I saw a documentary once about a girl in the UK, and all she ever ate was chips, or fries as some people called them. And she had all the signs of it. All she ever ate were chips. She wouldn't eat any fruit or vegetables, nothing, only chips. It's so, so boring. But the weariness of this wilderness experience this is what I want to talk about today. This, Moses was leading the people of God through this weariness. And now, and that was needed at the time, but now we had come to the time when God said, enough, Moses is dead, I want to do a new thing. Deuteronomy 8, 7, but now the Lord is doing a new thing. Hallelujah. I want to prophesy it, Grace Christian Church, that Moses is dead and the Lord wants to do a new thing in you this year. It's not a coincidence that you have lived from an old year to a new year. The Bible says we might get 70 or 80 years, whatever it is, but you know what? That's not an awful lot of transitions from an old year to a new year. And it's not an awful lot of opportunities where God really wants to do a new thing. I know God can move outside calendars, but he has put seasons and calendars in place. And the Lord wants to do a new thing. Final scriptural reference is more to a principle in the New Testament than to a scripture, but you'll get it. And it's simply this. There is a practice in 
the New Testament called the washing of feet. And the washing of feet was very symbolic as well as very profound. And basically, the concept of the washing of feet. Remember back in the New Testament, they didn't wear boots or shoes and socks like we do here today. They didn't drive around. Everybody walked everywhere they went. As the photograph here, there's a photograph cafe church, and it's just of a person's feet with sandals, and it's open. So they wo walked around with sandals, and wherever they went, their feet gathered the dust. Hear me. Wherever they went, their feet carried, if you will, the dirt of that place with them. So each morning when they went out, wherever they walked, their feet carried that dust, that dirt with them. And when you would come to someone's house, and Jesus instituted this spiritually, but it was already a cultural issue, a good host in a home would wash the person's feet. The person would come in with all the dust, with all the dirt of where they had been, and he would wash their feet. And Jesus instituted this symbolically and probably practically as a good way of showing hospitality. And the host, by washing the feet, made a declaration, brothers and sisters, because when the host of the home washed their feet, you know what he was saying? This is a new situation, hallelujah. I am going to wash the dust and the dirt from where you've been, for what you've been through, from those places you visited, and I'm going to wash that off your feet so none of that pollution is going to come in to this situation. The host made a declaration, and he was basically saying, this dirt that you now have on your feet will no longer hinder what, what God wants to do in your future. It's a powerful symbol. I love what Bishop T.D. Jakes, the American um, preacher and writer, says about this. Sorry, guys. He says, by washing their feet, this is talking about the host, you washed away the residue of those past experiences. Nothing they went through was going to impact that moment or their future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, today, Moses is dead. God wants to do a new thing in you. And when our feet is washed, we are washing away where we used to go to. And we are washing away the pollution or the issues that we've bought with us. And so symbolically, I'm going to call for one volunteer, preferably a guy, who come up and allow me to wash his feet as a symbol of a leader in the church here, if you will, a kind of a host, and to do it for one person symbolizing what we're talking about today that the old residue that you and I, the baggage you and I are bringing with us, that the Lord is washing that away. And we're not going to bring that pollution with us into this new thing God is going to do. Hallelujah. Could I have a volunteer? Okay, I promise I won't tell them if you've got crooked toes. Roger, the father of the house, up you come. Off with those shoes and socks. I hope you sprayed your feet this morning. 
And so, brothers and sisters, this is uh, all over the New Testament. And you know what, Roger? It's probably very apt that it's an older man in the church, probably the oldest man in the congregation, that I should do it for you. This is nothing to do about myself, or it's nothing to do with Roger personally. I want to symbolize it here. This is a New Testament practice. It's all over the New Testament. When I'm washing Roger's feet, I want you to think of yourself. And I want you to think of how, right now, your Moses is dead. God is doing a new thing in your life. And he wants to wash away the residue of what you've bought in here this morning. To give us all a great fighting chance to win the war and fight the good fight that we're called to. Thank you, Roger. You've got beautiful feet, Roger. And you cut your toes and all, or your toenails. And it's, this is literally what would happen. I want to thank Ma Marion McGuire. I asked Marion, I said, I can't just bring hot water in at the start of the sermon because by the time I would come to this part of the sermon, I hope you're watching in Cafe Church, um, it would go cold. So we've got, oh, we've lovely warm water. Is it pleasant? So they would simply wash the dust off the feet of their guest. And what it was, was it was a good host. Thank you, Roger. Just going to move that out there. They would make sure that there was no residue. Can you imagine what way the streets of, say, Jerusalem were? There was no cars. It was all animals. There was no tar, yeah, there was no concrete. All that was there were dust and donkey dung and camel dung. It was filthy. And most people I know, including myself, probably have got involved in situations that we should never have been involved in. And that's why the Lord is offering you and me, just as Roger has experienced, and I need to experience a chance and a possibility this new year to experience a new thing. Will we give Roger a round of applause? Thank you, Roger. And I'm going to leave the, uh, the dish of warm water for Terry as she leads the worship in a moment. <laughs> Terry's got a chest infection. God bless you, Terry, for helping out. And it'll allow you to. I'm only messing. So, brothers and sisters, Be back. You get the message. It's a new year. It's a new you. It's a chance. It's a possibility for all of us to avail of what God wants to do in our lives this year. So I'm going to call the worship team up. We're going to sing a song. We sang it a few weeks ago. I just think it's so apt. It's written by Hillsong Australia and it's called Broken Vessels. So we're going to sing this and then we're going to pray for two things. Those who want to say, Lord, would you do this new thing in me? I recognize Moses is dead. I'm going to bury my dead. I know you want to do a new thing in me. And I come with my feet and I ask you, Lord, to wash away the pollution of where I've been. If you're new here, can I really call out to you? Don't let this moment pass. And if you've been here before, this is a way that we can all move forward to the glory of God. Would you stand with me, please? Let's sing the words and we'll pray then.
say Jesus Christ I want to make a new start this is new to me and I don't want to let the moment pass with every eye closed if we could close our eyes on the stage and off the stage just you and Jesus Christ would you lift up your hand and then take it down again okay 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 I think we've got three people I'm just going to pray for you. I pray by the power of Jesus Christ that as you call out to the Lord now, you would indeed bury your dead and you would allow the Lord wash your feet. And I pray that as you repent and turn from the old way of living, that you would run into the arms of Jesus Christ and that you would be born again by the Spirit of God. And that you would know what spiritual new life would truly mean. May the living God bless you. And may he bring you forward to become the man and the woman you were called to be in Jesus' name. Will we give a round of applause to those who have made the first step. And for all of us, if you know, and if you want to say, Jesus... I want you to wash my feet. I've come into your house, Lord. I don't want to bring the pollution from the past with me. This is a new day. By washing my feet, Lord, I'm saying Moses is dead. I embrace the new thing. If that's you, would you lift up your hand publicly? Can I invite you to join me at the top? And we're going to pray together that this would be real and profound for you. Guys, could you sing the song as people come up again?
saying to some of us here everybody in this hall this morning has a wound that we bought with us but for many it's like scar tissue but some of us here our wound is bleeding it's raw it's it's not really healed an awful lot and the new thing God wants to do in your heart is he wants to touch that wound and cauterize it and heal it totally if you identify with that would you lift up your hand without shame praise God I pray now for each one of my brothers and sisters here that the Holy Spirit would blow through your soul as he did on the day of Pentecost and I pray a healing touch from heaven would touch your wound and that the Lord would stop the bleeding the festering the terrible pain God would say his hand is on your situation and the screaming and the heartache and the despair the Lord has heard he has seen he has felt what you have gone through but until you bury what you've known has been dead for a long time your wound will never heal so the Lord would challenge you and encourage you bury your dead and then you will know his healing touch so I pray oh God and to those who have responded may they see this as a key to their future and to their healing and to their peace with you in Jesus name Amen for all of us can we lift our hands I know we do it a lot here but it is very biblical we bring our Moses to this place and we say Moses is dead we thank you for what has been but we're moving forward to what will be we embrace the new thing you want to do in our lives who'll say amen and father we come and symbolically we take off our shoes and we know you are by us and we pray Lord you would begin now to wash our feet and wash off the residue and the pollution and whatever we've bought from where we've been last year this is a new year and we pray for a new touch and we pray for a new day by the power 
of Almighty God, of Almighty God. Just some words. Is it reef? Reef, the Lord would say to you, I saw the fire of the Holy Spirit fall upon you. And the Lord would say, this week, this week, the Lord wants to visit you with an anointing of Holy Spirit power. It will be profound and it will happen on your own. Your walk with God is going to go deeper this week because the Holy Spirit is going to fall upon you. Bless our brother in Jesus' name. Thorsten, I believe the Lord would speak to you as well. And I saw the Lord's hand delve deep into your heart. And I believe the Lord is saying for you, Thorsten, this year is a year when, as it were, a depth is going to come into your walk with God that you haven't felt for a while. And it's a bit like a gardener would put moist fertilizer into the soil. That which has grown in the past, praise God. But what God wants to do to your brother is going to bring a growth that you never have seen before. And I believe the Lord is saying to you, the hurts of the past, the disappointments, God is going to turn them around in your head and in your heart. And you're going to see a pattern. And you're going to thank God for that wilderness because you're coming out of the wilderness and you're going to say, now I understand, now I see why. Lord, I'm ready to experience and receive this deeper touch in Jesus' name. We pray this for our brother now. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Lizelle, the Lord would say to you that the child in your womb has the Spirit of God upon that child. The Lord would say you're to be calm, you're to be at peace because the Lord has everything covered with this baby. Everything is sorted. Your calling and your position right now is to be still and know that He is God. That baby will be fine. You will be fine. And Dylan, you're going to look on and you're going to go deeper in love with your wife because you're going to see Jesus shine through her as your baby is born this year, your first baby. The Lord would say your baby's birth this year is all tied in to this new thing God is going to do for you as a family. And I believe the Lord would say, sing songs to your child. Sing the songs of Zion for your babe in the womb. Because that child will be used in worship in years to come. And that child will minister to its generation as a worship leader, as one of the tribe of Judah who led the way with praise. So sing the songs of redemption and declare over that child that its future is in the hand of Jesus who will use that child for its generation. Have faith and believe. The new thing for you is all about new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's do one more prayer. We commit this new year into your hands, O oh God. We thank you for the old year. But we move beyond its shadow. We take what's good and we move forward to what we're called to. 
and we pray that everyone here would have clean feet each day of this new year because we would encounter the host of the temple and the host of the temple we pray lord you would wash our feet all this year and we pray that the days of pollution are broken in jesus name i break the power of alcohol and any hold it has here in jesus name i break the power of any addiction in jesus name i pray that we would be set free from all holds the devil would put upon us we are the sons and the daughters of the king and so we move forward as clean men and women bless the year ahead in jesus name amen amen let's sing as we go back to our seats let's stay standing for the last couple of minutes can we sing this about us and about our new year what will god do for us treasure in jars of clay so take this heart lord i'll be your vessel the world to see your life in me amazing grace how sweet the sound that That just as we could look at a TV screen or a laptop screen or an iPhone screen and see a face, I pray this week of prayer and fasting that as clearly as we see in the natural and more, we would see the face of Jesus Christ spiritually and perhaps for some materially. Jesus, hear our prayers this week see the fasting this week reveal yourself to us and for this new year pour out your holy spirit and may the veil be torn in two from top to bottom in our lives in jesus name amen god bless and keep you and yours brothers and sisters we're serving tea and coffee in the atrium upstairs if you have to go god bless you 
the guys are going to play us out. Maybe we'll see you Tuesday. Amen.